With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Thursday, January 7th. Oh, you know what? It's my oldest friend in the world's birthday. So happy birthday, Kathy. You know, I have a friend from when I was four years old, Mark. That seems crazy, but it's true. And I love her to death. So happy birthday, Kathy. I don't think she's listening, but maybe I'll send this to her. Anyway, uh, we are delighted you are joining us. As always, we are here to take the mystery out of your financial life. And that means you can ask us any financial question that's on your mind. All you have to do is send an email. It's askjill at jillonmoney.com. That is our email address. And if you're on our website, if you're on the jillonmoney.com website, there is a contact button. Easy, right? I thought you'd like that. Very good. Okay, let's get into some of these questions. This is a question of rolling over. I don't want to say the name because it's a very noticeable name. Let's just call it V. This is a rollover of an old pension to an IRA. Jill and Mark, good morning. Happy New Year. I have a small pension from an old employer and they are allowing me to roll it over to an IRA as a lump sum. It's $53,000. If I leave it as is, I would get about $300 per month as a pension once I retire. I am planning to roll it over to an IRA and deposit it into a total bond market index fund, which would give me monthly income of about the same amount that I think I would receive as a pension. Good or bad idea. I'm 55 years old and family income, $200,000, $1.2 million in retirement, 800 grand in taxable accounts, including emergency expenses. I don't expect I would need the money later in life. Please advise. Thanks to you for doing a fantastic service. Once again, happy new year. Okay. You don't have to just put it into a bond market index. What you would do is you roll it over and just make it part of whatever your allocation is. You don't need to replicate that this is the exact $300 that you would get because I don't know if you can do that. Generally speaking, the pension is probably going to give you a better monthly income than you would be able to get just from that bond fund. So add it to your total retirement investments and don't look back. Okay. Happy New Year, Jill and Mark. These are our New Year's questions. Thanks for your daily podcast. Listening is part of my morning routine since the pandemic began. Okay. And this is so good because Michael says, I have become an ambassador for the podcast to friends and family and love your pragmatic advice. 
Keep it going. You know, maybe we got to make some t-shirts, Mark. Maybe we got to make some Jill on Money t-shirts. And like on the front, we'd have the Jill on Money logo. And on the back, I would just say, you know, do my normal thing. We put on the back, wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing. I like this as an idea. Let's think about it. Okay. Uh, Michael is 54 years old. And he says, I'm in my peak earning years. I make about uh, between $140,000 and $175,000 annually in a national sales position. My wife works part-time. She makes about $15,000 a year. I have the option to defer into a Roth 401k in my employer's plan versus a traditional 401k or split it up. I think having money in Roth may give me tax flexibility when we retire, although I don't know if I will be in a higher bracket or not upon retirement. I've got 800000 in my 401k. It's well diversified in mutual funds, 80% equities. I'm comfortable with that risk. I don't plan on retiring till at least age 65. Would love to work, so probably would work part-time until 70. Anticipate our annual expenses in the early years of retirement to be about $90,000 a year because we plan on wintering outside of our state of residence to warmer places. So here's the deal. Most of the Roth advice I hear on the podcast seems geared to workers in their early years versus peak earning years. But I was thinking that my social security income will be taxed at a higher rate if I'm drawing down on the traditional 401k. Okay. First of all, you're overthinking it. You ready? Yeah. Use the Roth. Okay. Because number one, those required minimum distributions that come out of all of those pre-tax accounts, not only does it mess up your social security income, it makes Medicare more expensive. So all those supplemental Medicare plans are more expensive when you're forced to take the income. Also, you're right. You're making, you're in your peak earning years, but tax rates are low right now. They are. If you, if you look at where you stand, which is the 30, let's see, 24% tax bracket. Yeah, you're sort of on the border, 22, 24%. I don't see it going much lower than that. I think tax rates are going up all, all across the board. So I say 100% of the money should go into a Roth 401k for you. And you know how Mike ends? I would actually love to go after my CFP and become an advisor instead of what I'm doing, but I don't have the courage to gamble on initial income loss to make the switch. I have an idea, Mike. Why don't you do it and make it your retirement career? I think that would be kind of fun for you to do. Check it out. Go to the CFP website, um, which is cfp.net, which is the professional part of the website. Okay. D says, I want to know, is it best tax-wise to add a Roth thrift savings plan for the next seven years? Oh, same question as this of the previous one. They make about the same money as Mike made, um, 170 grand in taxable income. The only difference is that in retirement, this guy is going to get a pension of 85 grand a year. Oof. Then we'll go down a little bit, but basically they're going to have income of about 100 grand a year in retirement. And they've got a million bucks saved, 300 in savings, no rental property, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay, guys, you're in a high tax bracket. It's not that high. And I want to encourage everyone, use the Roth. Just use the Roth. It's so much better because you're going to have more control over having some of that money. And you, many of you, like if you're my age, you're in your 50s, you were taught to just use as much of your tax deferral as possible but the times have changed in that tax rates are way lower now. And if you've already saved a bunch of money in the pre-tax format, why not go for a Roth? I think it makes sense. 
Okay, and this is from Anonymous, who says, uh, Hello, Jill and Mark. I'm 38. My wife is 37. We've got two one-year-old twin girls. Until recently, we've been postponing, completing our will and estate planning. I know, shame on us. But then in 2020, two big things happened. You ready for the big things, Mark? Number one, we discovered your podcast. Yay! Number two, they read my book, The Dumb Things Smart People Do With Their Money. And we finally decided to take action. After hearing in the interview of Policy Genius co-founder and CEO Jennifer Fitzgerald, we decided to try their app. However, we were unable to do so because we're living in Europe. Oh, that's a pain. Okay, so that's all right. Due to the pandemic, we're not sure how we, we, you know, when they're going to return. And so they can't really use the services from abroad. I have a brother who lives in Texas, and he would take full custody of our girls and finances if anything were to happen to us. Question, what are our options to get our fares in order in case something were to happen? Should we consider life insurance given our finances? If so, can we get a United States policy? Insurance here is expensive. Regards. Okay. It looks to me like they got a pile of money, a bunch of money in savings, a bunch of money in brokerage accounts. Here's what I think you got to do. I don't know where you would return to if you were to come back to the U.S. And I think you should try to kind of at least do um, a little bit of groundwork on that. But let's just pretend that you're going to move to Texas near your brother, just for the heck of it. What I would do is I would start talking to estate attorneys who have some ability to understand the rules around living abroad. There are people who do this, okay? And I think that what you should be also thinking about is absolutely life insurance is important. Um, You can get a United States policy for sure because you're a United States citizen. But I do think that um, what you can do is run some analysis yourself. So, I mean, you can go to any insurance calculator and say, okay, we make 200 grand a year. We get equity and bonuses of another 120 grand a year. Here's how much money we have saved. And then you plug all those numbers in and you see how much insurance you need. Now, of course, you've got one-year-old twins. So maybe what you would just get is like a 20-year term life insurance policy. I presume that you should be able to do this even if you are living abroad. But, you know, I can't say definitely. Okay. Clearly, I don't, I really don't know the, the rules on that. But I would go talk to an attorney, an estate attorney, who's obviously knowing the estate law in the U.S., but also dealing with people who are either um, living abroad or uh, maybe even considering keeping residency abroad, but citizenship in the U.S., okay? The P.S., you guys have really been a beacon of wisdom, entertainment, and compassion during the rough waters that 2020 turned out to be. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Tom writes, Jill, I just want to say thank you. And I hope 2021 is a great year for you. As a former listener of your podcast five plus years ago, maybe longer, I stumbled on a recent podcast from 1 to 2021. Did I retire too early? Your caller is the same age as me and your advice as always resonated with my personal financial strategy. Thank you for your podcast and your coaching. I'm going to start following the podcast again, Tom. Thanks, Tom. That's nice of you to say. We want you back. We want everyone back. Okay, that's it. That is it for our January 7th edition of Jill on Money. If you have a financial question, send us an email. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Wash your hands. 
Wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and lift someone up today. It will make them feel better, and it will make you feel better, I promise. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.